Hi, I'm Richard Evans from EMC Arts. Here on the Arts Forward podcast, we explore the challenges facing the arts sector right now to do things differently, to do things they've never done before. Each month, we look at stories of experimentation and success from innovative arts organisations across the country. Today, we're exploring how to build community buy-in in new cultural initiatives. I'm pleased to welcome the leaders of two different arts organisations, which are both implementing projects in Hunts Point, a neighbourhood in the New York borough of the Bronx. Amy Sannenman is the founder and executive director of Groundswell. Their project is a series of murals that highlights transportation issues in Hunts Point. They're partnering with the Department of Transportation and local environmental consultants, the Majora Carter Group. Aviva Davidson is the executive and artistic director of Dancing in the Streets. Her project is a partnership with the Casita Maria Centre for Art and Education to create a heritage trail through Hunts Point that highlights the history of hip-hop and Latin jazz, both of which originated in the area. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hi. When I think about your projects, one of the things that's really innovative about them is that they're each a a big collaboration with another organisation to bring resources together in a new way. So let me ask both of you, how do you get community members on board for a project that's not only new to them, but also new to you? How did you start? Yeah, I mean, we started really first thinking about who's our mailing list. And (laughs) we spent a few months just reaching out and developing a list with the Majora Carter Group and other key stakeholders in the community of all the senior centers and the schools and the elected officials and really just making sure we had the list right and then just started with a mailing. And how did you start, Aviva? Well, we had a lot of conversations and the first thing we did is we formed an advisory council. We wanted a, a group of people who could A, inform us and give us ideas of places and B, if there were sensitivities that we could cut them at the pass. So for instance, if you if you honor Joe, you better honor Mike also. I got it. Right. You know, right. That kind of thing. So um, it was a question of both, if I understand you right, extending your own organization's knowledge base beyond what you would know about. That these, was the was one really of important. The, one of the key yeah. ingredients of the whole project. And at the same time from other people's point of view, understanding where there might be sensitivities or where you needed balance. Exactly. And let me come back to you, Amy, for a moment. So you did the mailing and you began to get people involved. Where did you go from there? What are the strategies that were, you know, particularly effective around getting community members on board that were perhaps different from what you've done in the past? Well, each project, it's mostly teenagers that we're working with, though there are some seniors. Um, And we worked with the teens to really do a lot of what Aviva was saying, which is, research the community, interview the heroes, understand how they were able to make changes in their community, and really have that process be led by the teens. Teenagers play a big role in the project, but you have uh, projects that target a number of different age groups, children, students, families, seniors, and so on. Do you find you use different strategies to get them involved because they're from a different age group, and particularly is getting them involved in a new venture? Well, you know, with the seniors, we had to schedule around bingo, and that was no joke. Like, you really could not mess with bingo with the seniors. So, you know, we're we're doing some programs with elementary students right now, doing street 
safety traffic signs and that's a more of an arts and education school day program the teenagers it's after school summer jobs um, and the seniors it's during the day but really we want the programs to be similar because at a certain point in the spring there's going to be convening and everybody's going to get together and what's great is then we've created a common language a common way of doing work that they will all recognize at this convening um, and they'll see themselves along this narrative that they've developed. That's terrific. And, and Aviva, you've called what you were doing and you're beginning with that council a, a process of inquiry mm-hmm. into the community. Yes. Where did you go then next and what strategies did you use building on that? I think we launched the, the trail project in April with a community party and we had um, a salsa band made up of leading musicians who are also honored on the trail. Right. Uh, in the meantime, we were collecting information about sites, and the sites were um, locations of venues. Most of them are gone, but like the Hunts Point Palace, which was major, and other venues, um, homes of where artists lived, places where there's public art. We interviewed several of the musicians. I think they were ranging in age of their 50s to their 70s who grew up in the neighborhood. These musicians, one of them, uh, DJ Grand Wizard Theodore, took me in his car and showed me places. Be- because a lot of the places you're talking about are, are forgotten or not there any longer or not known well. Both, both. I'm intrigued by the fact that when you're trying to both do something new and you're collaborating in these new ways yes. there on an innovative project, there have to be a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Well, I think what's innovative for... There are two things about this project that are innovative. One is that we're able to do it as a series so that there's a cumulative effect. It's not one project here, one project there. This is something where we can really stage it so that one is building on the next, leading to something. So there are phases of it. Exactly. And what we're leading to our actual policy solutions. So that is the other piece that's really innovative for us, um, that it's building a group of people to recognize the amazing accomplishments their community have made, Mm -hmm. identify what issues still could be improved in terms of livable streets and sustainability, what low-hanging fruit is our currently very progressive Department of Transportation offering that people don't even know about and aren't engaged in, How do we get all of these people to want to show up at a meeting like that and talk about it and understand it and then have the community prioritize? And then the final mural is really the vision of change that DOT commits to making. And you talk as you build up these projects, um, Amy, about the community prioritizing them. What do you do about making those kind of tough choices? How do you help the group of people make choices when resources are limited about what to include and what not to? That's what the teams are figuring out. So, oh. you know, the first team spent, you know, 50 hours researching the history and the hero's accomplishments. The second team spent 150 hours over the summer looking at what are still the issues. So they went out and did carbon emission testing, mm-hmm. they speed bump analysis, looking at other um, neighborhoods like Upper East Side. How do the streets look here? How do they feel? How do they mm-hmm. compare to our streets? Um, they did a lot of research. Then this next phase of kids are doing and seniors are doing um, research on how street signs can make changes and then actually fabricate real street signs and have them put up. So 
by the time we get to this convening, we're going to have at least 50 people who should be somewhat yeah. fluent about this. And the convening will also be organized by a team of people who were participants in the prior projects who will be going literally to the Department of Transportation and interviewing the commissioner and saying, you know, you got 15 months left in this job. Like, what are some of the things that can happen quickly? What may take longer? What may take longer? And then that's what's going to happen at the convening. Here's where we are. Here are still some issues. Here's some things that could actually change right. if we have, if the city has the mandate of the community. And and then hopefully our partners who are based in the community will be able to hold DOT's feet to the fire to make sure that those things get implemented over that's time. fabulous. And Aviva, from your point of view, I mean, I'm not sure if there's such a thing as too much interest in, mm -hmm. in the project you're working on, but, but resources are limited. What you can include, who you can honor, as you say, may be limited. How do you deal with the tough choices about what you have to include and maybe what has to be excluded? We were not married to any of our plans or assumptions. We were married to a major commitment of being responsive and tuning in to what we find out. So the part of the, the first year of the trail that Dancing in the Streets was most involved with was Paseo, which was a traveling site-specific work that we did in October. And one of the ways it engaged community was through marketing promotion, also rehearsals, because some of the performances were on fire escapes and on a ledge and and but we had we wanted community performers but we were nervous these community performers oh my god they're not professionals they'll be late they'll forget rehearsals they were amazing they were more responsible more punctual more on point than the professionals then we had the the performance which was walk through 11 blocks of of Hunts Point, and it it had different spots along the way. Um, there were dancers on balconies. There were different musical groups, and it mostly was about music from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. People were crying. We tapped into deep reservoirs of need and of resources and of community memory. And it's so interesting that you used those different ways to do that, to get that extraordinary response and I think about the convening that you're planning that brings together all these people working on mm -hmm. different projects, Amy, in your work. Um, I'm really intrigued by the way that in both of your, your, your big projects, you are, you are giving up a lot of control. You may say that's just central to the way you work, but it's not easy, I think, for organizations to have their communities be the, the guides and leaders of what it is that is chosen and how selections or, or decisions are made. Are there, is there more you can say about this notion of co-creation and, and giving up control? Yeah, Amy? I mean, let's be honest. We show up in a community with not a lot of money with the name Rockefeller attached to us. And there are other arts organizations in that community. And there are other, you know, there are other community-based organizations in that community. And it takes, you know, you need to make sure, they need to trust you. And that takes time. And that takes the kind of conversations that Aviva is talking about. So we have a very clear methodology of how our work is produced. But around that has to be really listening to people and engaging people and making sure it's benefiting them. You know, not just the individuals, but the organizations that individuals feel loyal to. Um, and that was, you know, that was very important. And it seems, Aviva, so it's, it's deeply embedded in the way you're approaching the cultural trail 
that um, you are co-creating this with the community and that the, the kind of the, the locus of control is really not necessarily with you or with Casita Maria, but, but in the community. Well, you know, it's funny because I've been, I think about this a lot and I have never thought in terms of, of framing it in terms of control. Uh, it's so deeply ingrained, as you said, that it's, it's a, my method is, is much more intuitive and also Paseo, who was the partner, Dancing in the Streets partner this year, is the choreographer, Joanna Highgood. We have a method and a history of, or a process, not a method, of, of negotiating. Oh, God, the community wants this. We want to do this. How, we, there's just such a comfort level with this that it's a non-issue. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because it could be. But I think be, it takes yeah. training. When you have a lot of artists, I'm sure you feel this way too. When it's yes. not just you, but yes. you're training yes. a team of artists to go out and do ten of these projects at, at the same time. That I'm, I would imagine our processes are probably yes. pretty similar. That you know you need that you need to be able to teach and train those artists so Except that you know that, that we're they're, smaller. We we yeah. work differently, and it's more a way of being rather than. Um, a methodology mm-hmm. to say, but I'd like to 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 follow up. So when this huge response to the commu- to Paseo was so strong, my sense was that they felt they were given a gift that their culture and their memories were expressed in a way that has never done before. So we discovered that there was magic that happened, and I felt and I recommended to Casita Maria, and they agreed that rather than expand the trail to another neighborhood and and rather than expand the project geographically, we would expand the scope of the project by deepening, by through density was the word, and deepening it, and increase the ways in which community members can participate. And we developed a new pro, a new sub-project that will do that. Great, uh, Amy. I was, I was seeing you nodding when uh, Viva was talking about that magic. Perhaps say what you were thinking. Yeah, then. I know the magic. It's such mm. a. Yeah. It's so beautiful to see. Yeah. I mean, that creation, like creating that safe space. And I don't. I don't mean to. I don't. I haven't seen your your process. But when I responded to magic, I was sort of imagining that that safe space where you have a group of people collaborating and creating something that no other person in any other place or time could have created it was just those people in that space and then they do it and they step back and see what they've created and it's so monumental and larger than them is such you know it's a magical feeling amy sanenman is the founder and executive director of groundswell Aviva Davidson is the executive and artistic director of Dancing in the Streets. Thanks to you both for joining me. Thank you. You're welcome. It's great being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the monthly Arts Forward podcast. You can check out more on our website that features multimedia profiles of innovative organizations, a blog, this podcast series, and much more, including more about both of these projects supported by the Rockefeller Foundation Cultural Innovation Fund that EMC Arts is currently documenting. All that on www.artsforward.org. That's A-R-T-S-F-W-D.org. 
I'm Richard Evans of EMC Arts in New York.